giving you weekly sports analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Jay Raff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 168th episode of the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, alongside of me, co-host Jay Raff. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, last week we had a ton to talk about, and I uh, didn't necessarily get to all of it, but um, you know, in reality, I don't. I don't think having our uh, basketball expert on really helped me with my picks. Um, uh, no, me either. Yeah. Uh, actually, but that's because that, that's I unfair, listened to him. Right. It's un, well, I was going to say, was gonna say it's because I listened to him. Do you know who I listened to him about? Iowa State. Iowa State. And look what happened. This is this is bad, what happens when I listen to, to people because I, clearly I would have been perfect. Right. Look, look well, at my one bracket. I was going to say a couple a couple. Uh, games in and your your daughter looked like a genius yes um, after the first three games my my daughter the two-year-old was leading our bracket challenge that not only beating me and you but literally everyone, everyone else now, i think she actually was tied with with our friend megan um and possibly my uncle or aunt i think there's like a three-way tie but Le- natalie was indeed on top of 30 some brackets whatever we got she was up there at first place now she's come back to reality because she favored the higher numbered seeds from most of the games the only way she'll win would be if Utah takes it all. She went with the um, – I we call them the men from Utah. I'm aware that they're Native Americans, the Utes. But uh, we, for her sake, when we relayed what teams, um, when we went with mascots, I just said the men from Utah. And <laughs> she like, she, rolled, Utah. she rolled with them all the way through. Um, she had them beating Coastal Carolina in the national championship game. But we know Coastal Carolina is there because Wisconsin pushed them this side. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But anyway, yeah, if – once again, um, it looks like we will be having someone on the host um, because um, I don't think you or I are going to run away with. Well, with my the second show. one's not You're doing right. too bad. You're right. But You're I do right. have Kentucky winning, which I know a lot of people do. So um, mine, yeah, it's not looking good. Um, but anyway, so we talked a little bit about the tournament last week. It, it's good to be back. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it, but we have some other things to talk about tonight too. Yeah, I guess probably before we um, before we move on. Um, why don't we just talk about the, the bracket challenge and, and where we stand? And uh, let's see if I can pull it up on the screen here. Um, I think if if you can see that, I don't know if you guys are able to see that on the screen or not. Um, it is the um, ESPN uh, tournament challenge site uh, for the Joe Mays and JRAF show. Uh, we had over 30 brackets entered. I don't know that I counted all of them. Might have been exactly 30. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. We do have. Two people already without their champion, anyone that took Villanova. Uh, so actually someone in second place right now, actually my aunt Steph, um, who is tied for second place, uh, she's pretty much out of it uh, with only 800 points left because her champion was Villanova. And unfortunately for those of us in Pennsylvania and close to the Philadelphia region, if you were pulling for Villanova, um, once again, uh, Jay Wright's team not getting it done in, in the tournament in March when it really mattered. Yeah, that seems to be a recurring theme with some of Jay Wright's teams. Um, and I'm I'm a big Villanova fan, and I, for a long time, have been a Jay Wright supporter. But um, this was supposed to be the team that made a run, not necessarily win a national championship, 
But in all honesty, they didn't have to win a national championship this year because with Kentucky sitting there, there's really no there pressure on anyone huge, else. Yeah. There's no pressure on anyone else to actually win the championship. I'd say maybe Duke, maybe. But, like, the other teams, there, no team is going to be a favorite in the championship if Kentucky's there or even in the Final Four again. You know, like, it, so Kentucky is the only one that has, like, a ton of pressure, in in my opinion. I know that's easy for me to say. I'm not playing in the games. You know, they don't want it to be their last game, all that stuff. But Villanova kind of – it's hard to say they didn't underachieve, even though they only had three losses on the season. They lost – one of those games was their biggest game of the year. Yep. So – because it was their last one. Um, and it seems like that's happened a number of times. Um, they couldn't – like, the game wasn't as close as the final score ended up being. Like, NC State dominated that game. Um, on the other hand, if Villanova couldn't shoot at all. Now, a lot of that was because of the pressure that NC State was putting on them. Um, but they just couldn't get anything going until, like, the last 40 seconds and then uh, trying to make a run, but it was too late. Yeah, I'm actually looking over this here. Uh, in first place is someone who's been in first place pretty much since uh... – the first half of uh, the games were played on Thursday, and that is a uh, Hat Guy 333, which is our friend Isaac, um, and he is sitting on top right now in first place with a total of 410 points. He's in the 99.3 percentile, which is uh, pretty darn good. Yeah, when you start making it through there, and we're on the fourth day, not counting Tuesday, Wednesday, we right. don't pick those games anyway. But you know, we're on the fourth day of the tournament, and he's still in that top 99th percentile, um, that's that's really good. So, um, you know, he – and it, it seems like he had been up there and there have been a couple of people tied, you know, through some of the rounds, and then he just started separating himself, you know. And, like, it seems like the further we go in, the better he's doing. Now, when we looked at some of his picks, right. there are some, you know – The biggest thing that hurt him was Virginia yeah, losing. Yeah, Virginia losing is going to hurt him when we go to the other rounds. However, some I know some other people had Virginia going at least a couple more wins and – um, you know, some people had Villanova going out of that bracket, that East bracket, which is for most paper brackets. And when you're looking at top, right, um, that has screwed up a lot of people right. along so he with might, the It might South not bracket. hurt him as much because right. a lot of people, because unless had, people had Michigan state. Yeah. Um, I had him in the or, Sweet 16, right? But. Because most people probably took Michigan state, Virginia or Villanova out of there. Well, Virginia lost and Villanova lost. So, I don't think a lot of people had NC State going to the Final Four, you know. Like, I, so I, I don't think, think I don't think there's going to be a lot of people getting points out of that bracket. Now, in the Final Four, he could lose some points because he had Virginia, I think, going to the championship game. So, if somebody had like Duke going to the championship game over uh, whoever they had in the East, that they could lose some points there. But um, we'll have to wait and see how how it plays out. He's he's got a you know a little bit of a lead and. In some of some of his, you know, he's done well enough. He might get a lot of other points in right. some of those other areas. Oh, and in second place, besides my aunt who lost her champion in Villanova, is actually last year's winner, Ryan Anchosik, is uh, in second place right now with the champion of Duke and a lot of points left. He's got one over 1,300 points remaining. So he's sitting in pretty good position. Yeah. Uh, if Duke makes a run and ends up winning, he would probably look, be the champion. They look good today. They look really good today. Yeah. It looks like uh, if Duke wins, uh, Ryan Anchosik would repeat as champ well definitely yeah. have to track him down if he re- wins two years in a row we got to get him on the show so right. i'll have to reach out to him uh, and see if he's interested uh and, and coming on if you if he wins again and uh you know also type of second would be me yeah. my second bracket uh with kentucky as champ who i kind of just was like well kentucky versus the field i feel like if i'm doing two brackets one of them i gotta take now, kentucky now let's be honest if you win but you also well let me rephrase that 
<laughs> if Kentucky goes on to win it, picks may win our bracket. Like right, it, it's a possibility depending on what happens. Well, if, there's a lot other... of like you. You still have a lot more points than me. Oh, yeah, 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 winning, yeah. But right, it all depends right, what right. else plays right. out. So, um, you know, if Kentucky wins, I'm not guaranteed. Like, if if Duke wins, Ryan, we're like looking down the list. No one has more right. points remaining. If right. Duke wins, I think Ryan will win. If Kentucky wins, it all depends what happens right. before that. Like, uh, down here, we have someone with Duke, but I think they took Maryland over Kentucky, so um, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. That would we'll be your mom. You're calling yeah. out your mom. I, if you yeah, didn't want to I say have. it, I'll say it. <laughs> so that's an update on the bracket challenge. So my second one is tied for second, the chalk picks, which is undermined, but I don't claim. That's just kind of says you took all the, the favorite people to win. Although um, every year I feel like we have the th- you have the discussion of we should have just, gone, just chalk. gone chalk. Um, then you lose early. Actually, you would have lost on Thursday, but you would have done really well on, on Friday. Right, I, and you're right. And throughout the, most of the rest of the tournament, even you now, would do fine. Um, you're, you're number one. Is, did you only do one? I only did okay, one. Okay, you're yeah. tied for six at the top there, and you got a lot of points left, so you're in good position. My number one is terrible. I'm down at 25th, <laughs> but I do have Arizona winning, and they're still alive. Um, and just for the record, above. I am, yeah. I'm beating Natalie and my wife, so that that's good all around there. I do want to point out who's in 22nd, though. The gentleman that we had on here last week, <laughs> yeah. our, our basketball expert, is in the 35th percentile, uh, tied for 22nd in, the, in our bracket challenge. Some room to move up if Arizona he, is the winner. He does have a decent amount of points left. Yeah. So it's very early. Obviously, all this changes. Um, but we just wanted to point out a few things. We thank everyone that, that joined and contributed to the bracket challenge. And hopefully we get uh, a winner that wants to come on the show. And we'll definitely make sure we get them uh, a T-shirt. So. Um, we're going to move on here now, and I think we should do the contact information before we talk some football. So uh, Justin's going to run that down for you right now. Um, yeah, so we'd love to have you call into the show. Um, you know, take any of your questions or comments on the tournament so far and or um, the, the topic for tonight. We're going to get into some of the, the football news that we didn't get to last week. Um, that'll be most of the rest of the show. Um, so we'd love to have your take on on any of those things. You can use the May Sandler Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also email uh, the May Sandler Shop inbox um, at jomaysandjraff at gmail.com. Again, jomaysandjraff at gmail.com. We're also all over social media, and Joey will tell you about that. Yeah, we have a Facebook fan page. We'd love for you to like us on there. We have a Twitter account at jomaysandjraff. You can follow us on there. Uh, we're eventually going to try to get the social media a little bit more interactivity. Um, you know, maybe we'll start a, a hashtag or something if there's enough people out there watching us on Twitter, or we can encourage you to follow us on Twitter while you watch the show. Um, we're we're going to introduce a little uh, uh, Twitter panel here um, on one of our feeds if you're watching us on Ustream. So it'll be a lot of fun. So definitely find us on Facebook and Twitter uh, for those. Um, uh, one of our listeners wants to know where he was sitting. Um, He's watching from home, but um, apparently we uh, didn't didn't give his name enough airtime, and he probably well, legitimately probably doesn't know where he's standing. We probably didn't scroll far enough down. Oh, you're saying he's at the bottom? <laughs> I don't know, but I saw who the text was from. That's why I said saw, it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can quick pull this up and, and pacify. Um, hey, number one and number two are tied for 12th, Bill Mays. <laughs> Did you change anything except who won? Apparently not. It doesn't look that way. Yeah, I actually, I know because I literally filled them out with him over my shoulder. Um, he does have some changes, but apparently they didn't do anything because he's literally the same amount of points 
and I'm willing to bet that he probably has a, a similar amount remaining. Um, but he is tied for 12th with a host of people at 340 points, um, one with Arizona winning, the other with Kentucky winning. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> he's telling me I'm number one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to, to, to send it right back to him, let's talk all evening about the Philadelphia Eagles and the football team from uh, at least the, the, the most local. I mean, maybe there's a lot of Philadelphia fans in this area, but there's a lot of Steelers fans too. But we're there's not going to talk Pittsburgh everywhere. football. There's, there's literally Pittsburgh bars in pretty much anywhere you go. Right, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it, it's one of those things – you know, it, it's not divided, um, you know, kind of equally. If you look like geographically, it's more like um, the Susquehanna River, more, you know, more so. And then when the Ravens came, that kind of threw a wrench in there, too, because that you know, York County area where you have a lot of people who commute down to Baltimore area or have moved out to that area from Baltimore, um, that, that kind of changed it, too. But um, the Eagles definitely dominate in, in southeastern PA, I would say. Um, so, you know, that that would include most of where I live most of my life. So, <laughs> and Justin's reaction to the Steelers. I hate you all so much. <laughs> it, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Just throwing that out there. All right. No, let's talk about the, um, the Eagles and the winning. <laughs> and, uh, that's the direction that the Eagles hope they're going. Um, it's been an interesting offseason to date. The league year only started not even two full weeks ago. The official 2015 season kicked off, um, I think it was like March 8th or something like that. It was on a Tuesday evening with a flurry of trades and NFL free agency activity. Now this week coming up is, I believe, the owners' meetings out in Arizona. So a lot could happen with rules out there. And generally the free agent signings have tailed off and you'll get a, a kick into gear after these meetings as teams return to their locales and and find the second and third tier free agents to fill out their roster before the draft coming up. And actually we're going to have, uh, I'm hoping to have a, a local draft expert join us on the show, possibly in studio if it works out. I've reached out to him and he's agreed to, uh, to collaborate with us on an NFL draft show, which we'll be doing in April. So stay tuned for that. But um, focusing tonight just on the Eagles, because we kind of ran down some of the big free agency moves uh, to date last week on the show. Uh, but just to recap, you know, the biggest one, at least to me, was uh, was Andamakan Sue ending up with my Miami Dolphins on a huge contract. But some of the other more notable moves was cornerback uh, Darrell Rivas leaving the Patriots to go back to the Jets. Uh, Denver Broncos tight end Julius Thomas going to Jacksonville. Uh, a Dolphins defensive tackle, Jared Audrick, former Penn Stater and local uh, Lancaster or Lebanon, I believe. I think he's from Lebanon, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, it went to Jacksonville as well. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Torrey Smith went to the 49ers. Texans wide receiver Andre Johnson was released and ended up signing with the Colts. Um, but the biggest team, uh, the biggest team um, in activity and, and kind of dominating some of the talk all across uh, the NFL world was the Eagles. And that's not only from their signings, which they, we talked about last week, them adding Seahawks cornerback Byron Maxwell, um, Giants cornerback uh, Walter Thurman, Packers linebacker um, Brad Jones, Chargers running back Ryan Matthews. Uh, and then the big one, at least name and because of where he came from, was DeMarco Murray on a big deal. Uh, him and Matthews are expected to replace the depart of LaShawn McCoy, who they traded to acquire a linebacker and Kiko Alonso. And then they did a quarterback shuffle where they sent Nick Foles and right. draft picks, essentially, to the Rams for injured quarterback Bradford, who by 
you know, any statistical measure has underachieved as the number one pick. He has the last year of his rookie deal, the last year when rookie contracts were guaranteed at that high amount. Uh, so it's interesting to see what are the Eagles going to do with their quarterback situation. Are they sticking with Bradford? They re-signed Mark Sanchez as right. a, basically as a backup. The money that he's getting Which, is typical backup money. Right. And, you know, there were some people, especially like non-Eagles fans, some Eagles fans were a little worried about that. Um, but he kind of knew that he wasn't the guy. And the contract they gave him kind of told you he wasn't the guy. Um, but when they gave him that, you gave him money that you would give to a proven backup quarterback you know and and that's what mark sanchez has kind of proven himself to be right now and i have no problem with that contract you know and even that was before the other stuff kind of worked out um now that you have as of right now with sam bradford being the quarterback um you know you would have to imagine that you would have that you would definitely end up with uh, a um backup that would be ready to go at a moment's notice because uh, Sam Bradford has kind of needed that over the course of his career, not just in the pros, but also when he was at Oklahoma and, and some of those issues as well. Now, you know, how that'll play out this year, I don't know. Um, I mentioned it last week. One of the subtractions uh, from the Eagles with Jeremy Macklin. Um, I know a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, I heard a number of people uh, complain to me, oh, they, they got rid of Macklin. No, they didn't. You know, Macklin chose to leave. Um, now you could say they should have given him, offered him more money, especially at the time they had more money to offer to him. And that I understand that argument, but they didn't trade him. You know, you can say they got rid of Shady and they got rid of Foles. Like you can be upset over the. If you're going to be upset at someone though, Macklin's the one that left. I don't blame him for leaving. He went to Andy Reid, who drafted him and kind of stuck with him. Um, you know, when he had some of those injuries in college and, and they still took him and he worked out to be pretty good. Um, I find it interesting that he, he went to Kansas city who didn't have a touchdown thrown to um, a, wide a wide receiver last year um, and left the Eagles. Now, some of that might've been, again, it wasn't the system. He came in to the NFL. No, you know, it wasn't one you of those things, but <laughs> it, yeah, it's just one of those. I, all that I would have, if I had the choice, I'd love to see Macklin stay. But if he had his heart set on leaving, and he was going to get fifty-five million to leave, sorry, I, I don't feel like you should give. People are complaining about about Bradford giving a fifty-five million dollar contract to um, a wide receiver who has multiple knee injuries. You know that that would right. raise just as much of a red flag to me uh, as opposed to a quarterback that had one year on his contract left. I think for like thirteen million, right. You know, I don't – Macklin left. I think they'll be okay. I think you can find somebody – I don't know where, and I don't know immediately, but I think you'll be able to replace Macklin. Matthews had a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, they have – they have uh, who else in the system? Huff and Riley Cooper are still around. They're obviously going to be shopping. I don't think they've added a wide receiver yet in free agency. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Tier 2 guys out there. Greg Jennings was released. Michael Crabtree was, was let to become a free agent. Um, you know, there's plenty of other guys out there as well. Or they could go in the draft and grab a guy. You know, they did it last year in the second round with Matthews. They, could they look in the first? Um, you know, they're sitting there at 20, um, prepared to, uh, you know, do whatever. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about quarterbacks and trades and whatnot here shortly. Um, but the Eagles are just an interesting franchise right now. And it just so happens that, you know, you're you're a fan of them and we talk about it because right. of our location. But they're definitely a team that you have to examine – 
to look at where the NFL is going to go this next year. Um, but before we go to big picture or focus on something specific, let's finish off the transactions right, we right. know to date. Um, you know, the Eagles also uh, let go of Todd Harriman's, who have been that, here for a long time. Right. In that, that was one where you're like, oh man, you know, they need to, they needed to be maybe sure up the offensive line a little bit. Now that's really tough to gauge though, because two years ago, all five starters started all 16 games, you know, and they were incredible. And then this past year, they had like something like 12 different starting combinations on the offensive line. Well, it didn't help that Lane well, Johnson was suspended to start. Right, the year. Exactly. But it was just kind of one thing after another on the offensive line this past year. Well, neither of those, Hopefully you, you don't end up with the repeat of the injuries, but you can't really expect everyone to be, um, you know, injury free the whole year either. So, you know, hopefully they'll get somewhere in between there. Oh, well, hopefully they end up with all five starters starting every game. Like, cause not only does that mean they're doing well, but it means they're, they're staying healthy, but that's unrealistic. Uh, you know, Harriman's has been with the team for a while. You know, I think they feel like they can, they can kind of replace him and, and, you know, build through uh, maybe some younger guys there. Um, you know, and you can pick up, you know, some of those interior linemen, you know, not on the first day and you can get quality guys, not even on the second day of the draft, you know, later in the draft, obviously you can, you know, get some of those top level guys earlier on, but, um, interior linemen, you can, you can sometimes get a little bit later. You can get great value later on. So, um, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. I just hope, you know, they're not. That's the one position where at wide receiver and running back and stuff, I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of believe in Chip's system. I think it'll make it work enough. Um, offensive line, you have to have capable bodies there. Um, you know, I don't think you can just run anyone out there. And so that's the area there. And then on defense, I think you need that's where you need to be the best. Um, and so hopefully they're able to add some quality people there. And, and you know, I don't know solidify that line position a little bit joining him well Hammond's went to the Colts joining him there was defensive end or more recently outside linebacker Trent Cole um uh, tight end Casey was released free safety Nate Allen was let go in free agency wide receiver Brad Smith quarterback Kerry Williams went to Seahawks quarterback Riley Fletcher went to the Patriots and linebacker Casey Matthews was not re-signed so I feel like Fletcher is going to be the best of the group just because he went to the Patriots and has nothing to do with like what he did but um you know Fletcher, I don't, I don't worry at all that he was that he left. Matthews, again, not worry at all. <laughs> and you know, when you look at um, Trent Cole, you know he had a great run with the Eagles. He doesn't fit the system anymore. You, you have talked to me about that since they brought in this defensive system um, a couple of years ago when they hired Chip and he hired some of his um, when he hired you know defensive coordinator and thing like that, and they moved to. The, they are reluctant to call it like that straight three, four, but it is kind of like a three, it's four a, and it's that hybrid. It's, kind of I thing. think they call it a four, three under four, right, three yeah. over. That's what, what they were calling it, but right. it, it's essentially, but he, he was having to play outside linebacker instead of like, and honestly, I didn't rushing defense event. And he, he did better he, than right. we thought. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. And he did it very well. He better be able to do it well because he's going to Indianapolis. who employs a similar system. Right. But I feel like in, in Philly, it was only a matter of time until they were going to need him to like start covering more in pass coverage, and that was something they struggled with this year. Um, and I, I think that's his area on defense. That was his area of, of of weakness. You know, getting after the quarterback, he could do. Um, but you can't expect a guy. Think about what if he loses a half step 
Well, you lose a half step when you're going into coverage, all right, you're going to get burned. That's an issue. Now, you know, and you lose a half step as a pass rusher, well, now that might cut a quarter of your sacks off. You know, like, so they, I think, you know, he's been in the league. I think it's something like he had been on the Eagles like nine years or something like that. Like, it was, it surprised me how long he had actually right. been there. It, you can't expect a, like a just pure pass. He's not a pure pass rusher. That would be selling him short. We thought he was. And no, then he, he, was he able proved to himself to actually do it. Right. But I think for a guy who kind of was put in that position, he did have a lot, you know, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but I think you can find a guy who better fits um, that, that spot and maybe not immediately. Um, you know, they kind of missed last year um, when they, in the first round. So, you know, I'm not like super confident that they're going to make a great defensive pick, but uh, hopefully they can kind of get things straightened out and find somebody who, who fits that system. Yeah. And in reality, if you get a good coverage guy there, you can maybe look to get some pressure from the other areas and pressure from the schemes, you know, like that. And I think that's what, what they may need to be able to do. The Marcus Smith from Louisville pick last year. I know. You said from Louisville. Yeah. And it wasn't so much that, you know, I didn't think he would be. It was just two days it was, early. It was too early. <laughs> like I could see it in the second round if you're like, well, our, we might be without our outside linebacker next year because at the time, Connor Barwin hadn't done real well. But think um, about that. Brandon Graham, you didn't know what was going to happen with him. Trent Cole, you know, there was on the wrong side of thirty. We need a pass rusher, probably not right, this year, right. but down the line, that's and, fine. And, but in the and first said, round, and they could have, they could have considered stretching for him in the late second round, and instead they took him in the late first round. Um, that was just kind of uh, that was unnecessary. Yeah, it just uh, he, he just I was just like, what? I just couldn't believe it, you know. And at the time, I covered the Eagles for Draft Tech. I don't even want to know who was still available. Well, that's what I was, just gonna, <laughs> I, was just, I was just gonna look up who was still available when the Eagles made that pick, and they they, picked, they, they traded back. Um, at least they traded back. Yeah, but but at the time. They could have had Manziel at 22 because that's who they traded with. The Eagles well, were picking 22. You know, I'd rather have <laughs> – I would have rather had um, Smith. They could have had D Ford, who really didn't do much this right. past year. Darquez Denard, the cornerback from Michigan did State. Okay, Jason but... Barrett from TCU for the Chargers. There's All Eagles right, Marcus Smith at 26. Kelvin Benjamin. They could have taken Kelvin Benjamin, which I had mocked to the Eagles oh. uh, multiple, multiple times. Um, passed on him. Bradley Dominic Bruce. Eastley, who is an injured guy um, – Wow, could have been once he got back on his feet and right. he's playing for the Patriots. But if they would have put him opposite, um, oh wow, now I can't think of his name. The defensive lineman, the Eagles, the defensive end. That was he was miscast in a four three, but is dominant in a three four. I can't if I can't uh, think I of his name. Oh, it just escapes me right now. Uh, but that would have been an understandable pick. They needed safety help, and you see Deion Buchanan and Jimmy yep. Ward both went. Now I'm not sure right. either of them had a great year. Well, Bradley Roby Bradley. didn't do much. Right. They didn't. You don't. You got to think they didn't need Teddy Bridgewater at the time. Right. So now you're looking at guys in the second. Um, same thing. They could have used a guard. Um, Demarcus Lawrence was a great pick for the Cowboys. Right. Joel Petonio looks like an incredible pickup. Yep. He he was a, a nice nice pick for the Browns in the third pick of the second round. Um, there, there's no one that stands out right here. And then the Eagles got Jordan Matthews. It's almost like you would have liked them to flip that based right. on wh- what happened. Right. Jordan Matthews was a better pick in the second round in the 10th, 42nd overall than, um, than Marcus Smith was right. where, where they got him. 
Um, now, not not too many of these people made a, a big impact. Now, Devontae Adams had a couple of good good games with the Packers, but when you have Jordan Matthews, you're not going to get hit up too much for that. Jeremy Hill was good for the Bengals. Yes. Uh, at the time, though, did the Eagles need a running back? Probably not. Um, Carlos Hyde, same thing there, but also another running back. Um, he would have loved to see him get Allen Robinson, but they just took Jordan Matthews and they're going to pick him up. Um, Jarvis Landry had an incredible year for the Dolphins. That was a great pick um, by Miami there. Um, so, you know, looking back on it, based on the impact from the first year, now obviously the systems would have been different, domino effects and whatnot. You can't exactly translate everything back and forth, but it doesn't look like they maybe made a huge mistake. Now they're not getting a lot of production from their first round pick, but they picked it up with their second round pick. Right. Uh, so, you know, there's trade-offs all around. And when you look at some of the other guys that were taken, you know, it wasn't like a lot of them really, you know, lit the league on fire. You know, like when you, when you look at it, and that's kind of interesting, especially one year removed, because it, uh, it's kind of tough to kind of judge some of these guys on, on one year. Um, but that's why a lot of those rookie contracts are what, like three, four years usually. Yeah, um, well, it depends on the round. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where they, they miss, but you know, who knows, maybe eventually he'll be able to fit into the system. I know there was some question about his uh, development last year, um, but hopefully um, they there's enough there that they can at least turn him into some, you know, some kind of role player where he can. And that's that's not what you want from your first round pick, no. which is exactly why we when we talk about the situation they've put themselves in now. All right. So we've alluded to the quarterback issue. They traded Nick Foles for Sam Bradford. Right. And and I. I Said, I don't know if I said it to you, but I said to a lot of people, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not like, yes, we've got Sam Bradford. That's incredible. I'm worried about his knees. Well, if I'm it was about 2008, you might be. Right, exactly. But, you know, I'm worried about his, his ACL injuries. I'm worried about all that stuff. Um, I'm worried about, like, what if he has – I a lot of people think they're going to sign him to an extension before the season, which I think is a smart move. You know, you build clauses in there based on, you know, health and all that stuff because if – if he like lights it up in the Chip Kelly system, well now you have a free agent quarterback, you know, excellent. like so absolutely excellent. <laughs> so you just need to be like careful, like how you handle the situation. However, people, a lot of people reacted like they traded away Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, right. And like first round picks forever, yeah. you know, like. They traded Nick Foles. Nick Foles. This is like right. when the Eagles traded like, Nick Foles, you, ha- you had to think. In Nick the... Foles, who most of the people who were arguing over were all also saying Nick Foles isn't the answer. Nick Foles isn't the answer. Well, I understand that if they think Sam Bradford isn't the answer as well. Like, uh, I get that. I'm not saying he is. But, you know, let let Chip move move the pieces. You know, what? this is what, like, I, I'm kind of looking at. They're like, oh, well, you know. Chip took over a four and twelve team. He took players that weren't his and got them to ten wins, and they made the playoffs and lost the game. They won ten wins again last year, and and didn't make the playoffs. Now they won ten games, and they also they were doing switched, that with they, Mark Sanchez. They switched quarterbacks, and look, we just talked about all the problems they had on the offensive line last year. Their their second best offensive lineman was suspended the first quarter of the season. Their best lineman, you know, was out on left tackle, and he did he did fine. The rest of the linemen, uh, Mathis, Mathis, Evan Mathis well. is generally their the best right, lineman, right. but he missed right. uh, like six games. Right, right. Didn't Kelsey miss and, games too? And now there's too? talk about right. like about Mathis maybe being right. on the trading yep. block and stuff like that. Now, now your offensive line is enough people, which isn't good. Right. right. When you exactly. have uh, you know the history of injuries that Sam Bradford has now the last two years with the Rams and right. in college as well. 
the same Brad, the quarterback thing, that's all that it matters in the NFL. It's right. all about the quarterback. And here's the thing, like, and I've said this, and I think it's it's true. You can win with a superstar quarterback, right? You can win with a superstar quarterback. But at the same time, you can also win with a good enough quarterback and really good everywhere else. And I think right now that's what the Eagles have. I don't think they have an elite quarterback. I, I don't mean it like which quarterback elite not. He's but a you know question what? mark. Right. But, like, there's no doubt in my mind that he could be good enough. You know, like, could be. I'm not saying he will be, but I think he could be good enough. He did it his rookie year. He was good enough. Now, he's kind of regressed since then, but mostly because of injuries, not because of Well, and play. also, un- until Jeff Fisher got there, the Rams had – what weapons have the Rams had? Steven Jackson couldn't ever stay healthy. No. They were his had... wide receivers until they started right. adding everyone. Everyone talks Tavon, about Tavon Steven Austin, Jackson. Kenny Britt, like, Stedman Bailey. This is another just random thought. Everybody talks about Steven Jackson like he's a great running back that put up a lot of yards in St. Louis on bad teams. Yeah, but I'd argue that some of those teams were bad because he couldn't stay healthy a full season. He was good for 10 games a season. Well, that's why the like, Mark Sanchez <laughs> re-signing was so important. Right. Now, Sanchez isn't going to win you the Super Bowl. Right. I don't no. think he's good at I don't think and, he's and trying to Here's Dilfer. another key part, though. And someone I saw this, and I, I honestly don't remember who it was on Twitter. But like, you want to look at people rip – Sanchez because they kind of fell apart under him on, under the last part of the year, and I I understand that. But if you look at the schedule, who they played in the first half and who like versus who Mark Sanchez had to start against right. versus who Nick Foles had to start against last year, and not just who, but like how the that opponent was playing at the time. Nick Foles had some cupcake games or games that should have been cupcake games, whereas Mark Sanchez ran into Dallas when they were hitting their stride. You know, Mark Sanchez had to play a couple teams that you know really kind of had hit their stride and were, were teeing off on the Eagles a little bit. Um, now, you know, you had the opposite. Like, Nick Foles had to play Arizona, you know, like, but at the same time, Arizona, they should have won that game. Huff fumbled inside the five. They, they made a ton of mistakes. They also had a shot at the end and just didn't, you know, they had two games last year, um, Arizona and um, San Francisco, where they had, uh, they had the ball inside, like, the 10 with – you know, as time's expiring and they, they didn't score on either play. Um, so when when you look at it, like, I just think I, while I'm concerned about Sam Bradford, I think that, you know, there's certainly some potential there. And I wasn't set on Nick Foles being the guy. Anyway, I was kind of Nick Foles is the guy until Chip gets his guy. That's, that's the boat I was in. Nick Foles is the guy and he's, he's there until Chip gets whoever he wants. Right. Now that leads us to an interesting converse, you know, point with Sam Bradford. Is is Sam Bradford the guy until they they get the guy Chip really wants? Right. I know Chip well, has said that's not the case, but he they're never going to be like. If it's not the case, you would think that by midseason, if the Eagles are, are re, right. like say by week eight, if the Eagles are six and two and Bradford's playing well, you got to expect that, that you're getting an extension, <laughs> or he's not. Like, right. well, then you have a huge problem. Are you going to franchise him and massively? Like double his salary essentially. Right. Like the franchise right. number for quarterback is massive. Or do you put what? What is the transition tag? Do you get like two firsts? Yeah, I, like I don't know the exact compensation, but you, here's the thing. Like if you franchise him, he the quarterback will hate that. 
you transition them, the quarterback will hate it. But maybe somebody will trade for him. But nobody's giving you two first-round picks for Sam Bradford. Yeah, Although they, so. they just said – got to protect yourself. They've also said – and, again, this could be completely made up. They've said they've already been offered a, a first-round pick. Yeah, and now, who was it from? Who, the Browns. It had to be at 19, right in front of where the Eagles are. Right, exactly. You know, um, and, and this leads into the, the final discussion that we'll probably have is, if Bradford's not the answer, is the answer Marcus Mariota? I don't know if Marcus Mariota so is the answer. Kelly thinks but that. I'll be honest. It would be fun to watch, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be like from just a purely like and I'm not even talking football yet, from a pure story standpoint, wouldn't it be crazy if in a month from now the Eagles are moving like it gets the draft day and all of a sudden Oh, it'll be exciting. All of a sudden, for sure. I'm not an Eagles fan, right. so it means nothing to right. me. All of a sudden you know, Goodell's walking up to the podium. We have he, has, a trade. he has a pink card instead of like the blue card or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever way like, it works. And all of a sudden, there's a trade, and people are going nuts. Now, here's the: what if he's walking up with that trade color thing, and it's not the Eagles? What if somebody right. else trades? Well, you know, like that would be insane. I would, um, I would be surprised if Jameis Winston isn't the first pick to the Bucks. That agree. would surprise me. So now everything's focused on the Titans at two. What are they going to do? Do they believe that Menberger is their future and that they're going to roll with um, the veterans well, that they have? And then I heard this this week too. Like, there's there's fear that um, I guess uh, Philip Rivers is going into the last year of his deal in San Diego. He doesn't want to sign an extension, right? He doesn't want to sign in San Diego, and like there's talk that the Titans may want him, and then right. they would trade, and then the San Diego Chargers get Mariota, like, at two. Right. Cause, which I don't see that necessarily as a great fit, but okay. Um, the um, the Titans only have Menberger and Whitehurst. Are they sold on Menberger? If they're sold on Menberger, they're not going to take Mariota at two. Do they, Would they be in play for Rivers? They're not going to trade the number two pick for Phillip Rivers. I'm sorry. That's just not happening. That's way too too much for Phillip Rivers. Well, who's, I think he's way past he's, his prime. Probably. Well, he's. And the well, twilight of his prime, right, he's going right. to start going downhill. He probably would be good uh, for, you know, a handful more years, but the Titans aren't ready to win right now. Right. Giving up the number two pick for Rivers three years ago, yeah, that's probably a pretty good uh, transaction. Now, no. So I, you're almost thinking that the Titans should trade back to get a lower first-round pick. Like maybe 20th? <laughs> and trade that to San Diego. Um, but see, then, but at that point, San Diego wouldn't be getting. Can you imagine up to a three-team trade involving Philip Rivers, the Eagles moving up to get Mariota. Yeah, here's the thing: like they wouldn't, or if San, maybe San Diego is not settled on Mariota though, and they like come in at twenty or you know somewhere else. And, well, I just mean like there's a little like in the NBA a right, three-team right, trade. Right. The, the Titans trade the second pick to the Eagles at pick twenty and then whatever they give up if they have to give up a 2016 first rounder if they give up you know second third whatever it would end up being. And then the Titans send the 20th pick to the, the Chargers for Rivers. You know, it's just like this cyclical thing. I guess that's not exactly how it would work. It's but like a circle. It's like a circle. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, the Titans have nothing at quarterback right now. They're, unless they think – if they think Mendenberger's the guy, then this is all, you know, mood. Do you think they think Mendenberger's the guy? I honestly don't know. It's the Titans. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, right. Yeah, exactly. So – But here – okay. Do you think – do you think the Eagles should should make a play for Mariota? It, to to me, it depends on what it costs. Let's say Mariota doesn't go at two, and he gets the six at the Jets. 
Now, some people think the Jets would take him. You know, like the Jets could use him. I, I think that's a possibility. I think that's a tough sell. Maybe when you just went, I don't got think they necessarily. Coach. I don't think they necessarily have to take him um, or want to take him. I think they'd be willing to listen to. Offers. I think they would certainly express interest at the you know point of trades, but um, I. It's just kind of crazy to think about, like, if he doesn't go at two. But If the Titans aren't sold in Mariota or really think Menberger's the guy, you got to think that someone who is sold in Mariota should trade up with him um, because he's not going to the Jags. Right. He's not going to the Raiders. Nope. He he's can't. probably <laughs> not going to the Redskins, right, but you right. never know. Uh, you know what's going to happen in Washington with their their three headed quarterback right. from last year. Nothing's different. It's the same guys in Robert Griffin the third, Kirk Cousins, and Colt McCoy. They're all back in Washington with Jay Gruden. He's not going to go to Chicago because they still have Jay Cutler, and even though they don't want Jay Cutler, if, they, they still if, have it. If they the Bears could him. unload Cutler on draft day, he could be an option. Yeah, but they might have to give somebody the first to unload Jay Cutler. So, <laughs> You would think that the most the places that make most sense for Mariota are well one, but it's going to be Winston. Two with the Titans, six with the Jets, with the Redskins and Bears being kind of just like if something interesting crazy happens. spots, but they could capitalize right. on a trade. He's not going to go to Atlanta. They're comfortable with Matt Ryan. You don't think he's going to the Giants because Tom Coughlin and Eli are you know bound at the get- hip. The Rams just traded. The Rams for- just traded four foals. Right. And they're not going to take him. The Vikings are after Bridgewater. And there's your winner right there. Cleveland Browns. They're looking for a quarterback. You know, they lost Brian Hoyer. Uh, they don't have, you know, they just took Manziel, though. Are they going to abandon that? Now, he's was in and now out of rehab for um, substance abuse that he, you know, he he took care of himself. It's not like he was arrested or anything. He, right. he figured he but had hopefully a problem. Hopefully that, that's a way because I, I want him to get a – I want him to either make it or not make it in the NFL based on his whether he's good enough or not good enough. Play, yes. Not based on can he fight these other demons, you know, because like, that, that's a shame for anyone. Um, but, yeah, I want to know if he can play. It would. I, they can't. They can't take a quarterback at 12, though. I mean, they can. <laughs> you, you don't think – I don't think they would because they right. have Manziel and you just invested a first-round pick on him last year. Why would you bail now? But if they right. really wanted to give the 19th pick for Bradford – would it be a surprise? I don't know. I, I The Browns are also one of those teams that's interesting. Right. Then you get the 13 and the Saints. This could possibly be, very well be, Drew Brees' last year, not only with the Saints, but maybe in the NFL. This could be the end of his career coming up. The Saints are a mess. They're just His contract is a mess. His contract is just going to – it's just like an anchor weighing them down. So Brees could be done with the Saints. Do they look to the future? Because if he doesn't go to 13, he's not going 14. Miami's all in with Tannehill. They have to be. Same thing with the 49ers, at least for now, See, they're with Kaepernick. Here's the thing, and you're getting into that zone. Like, if if Mariota wasn't taken yet, you got to think Someone's jumping Chip up. is jumping out of his seat at this point. But is he? Everyone says he loves well, Mariota. And this, and this is the great point, though. Yeah, because even if – even if he doesn't go and get Mariota, the chances are that in the teams at the top of the draft has got to love this too. Because even if they know, if they've talked to Eagles and the Eagles are not interested, like other teams may not know that. And there's somebody might overpay for that spot. And I honestly kind of thought that's what was happening with 
the DeMarco Murray, I was like, oh, this is win-win because the Eagles either get him. Hello, my name is Bree. The Eagles either get him or they don't, and the Cowboys have to pay a lot more than they wanted to. So I was kind of fine with that either way. And maybe that will happen here. Like somebody else ends up moving up for him, but they have to pay a lot more than they thought. Or somebody like the Jets take him thinking the Eagles are going to like trade him like a la, you know, Eli Manning, you know, when he was drafted by the Chargers and Phil Rivers ended up going there, all that stuff. And don't trade. Now the Jets are sitting there and they spent their first round pick on a quarterback. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I think, I think it would be tough, like, because I feel like part of the sell to DeMarco Murray coming to Philly with Sam Bradford, his, one of his best friends and college roommate and guy like that they ran this offense with in um, Oklahoma. And, and, and that's, that's, and here's the thing. If Mariota, like, went, like, some kind of version of Aaron Rodgers and was there at 20, take him. Take him at 20. If he's not available, I don't want to move up, though, and get him. We have too many other needs. Right. That's one of the things I want to say. I think I, I think the Eagles, and I'm, I'm thinking Chip Kelly's smart enough right. to realize, we can't get rid of everything just to land this guy who I recruited And that's what he said. That's what he said at the press conference. Like, we're, I will never mortgage the future to right. move up, you know, Is that high. Is it a smokescreen? I don't know. But right. you got to think that he's smart enough to know, hey, if he falls for some reason and we're on the clock and he's there, yeah, maybe we take him. Right. And just say, hey, Bradford's on a one. 